This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris Adamski, Tim Benz with you. It is our weekly podcast in the offseason. We talk all things football here at the Breakfast with Benz podcast brought to you by the Fans First Network. Courtesy of Gerger Construction, not too soon to start planning your dream deck. We build decks year-round and now booking into spring and summer 2024. Take advantage of their current winter special, $1,000 off your new deck if it's installed by March 1st of this year. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Uh, make sure you check out Buzz during the offseason and Joe Rudder as well covering the Steelers. We'd love to cover an offensive coordinator press conference with new OC Arthur Smith, but I don't know if we're going to get one, Chris. It doesn't look that way, does it? That does not look that way at all. No, you know, I noticed that Cleveland had a press conference for Ken Dorsey, and you know, across the league, that's pretty standard uh, operating procedure to have a, a press conference for a coordinator. But um, I don't think we'll get. I'd be curious, and I'm sure we wouldn't get that either. If, if, and I think it's not going to happen. But it's a long shot. But if Heinz Ward becomes the wide receivers coach, that would be such a newsworthy that the fans would eat up so much that I wonder if they do something for that even which would be kind of awkward than to do that and not one for the coordinator. So I'm sure we won't get that either. We'll have to wait till uh, uh, what uh, the OTA, the mini camp in June before we talk to any of these guys. Why not give us Arthur Smith for 10 minutes, give us Terrell Austin for 10 minutes to talk about his extension, which was allegedly happening, and just pretend it's a plain old Thursday? Yeah, they, they get coordinator Thursday. Maybe for lucky we'll get the we'll grab Danny Smith then too to get a good sound bite for <laughs> apropos to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I forgot that. Of all the things they've been so urgent about with change, I guess Danny is sticking around, too. That didn't seem to be brought up. I, I understand why. I thought his special teams units actually were largely pretty good this year. Not a ton of pop, but they did get all those kick blocks. Yeah, there was, a, I mean, Miles Killebrew became the, the uh, all-pro and the pro bowler and everything else, and there was good reason for what he did. And it seemed like they had, aside from the punter, which I don't know if you can uh, blame the the punters the performance necessarily on the coordinator. I thought overall there wasn't any gaffes that I can remember, and uh, you know we'll, we'll do the whole Godwin Eagway Week play, uh, the, the savvy play going out of bounds. That <laughs> that gets some credit to the coordinator. As much as the special teams coordinator can have an effect on the game, I thought that the, the unit was pretty good, and I, I certainly Mike Tomlin trust him and. And uh, Danny Smith is spiking off-season surgery, as he said, uh, is uh, is on record. He's going to be a lifer until he gets kicked out. He'll do this until he's, you know, he's I think he's seventy now, so he'll do it as long as he, as long as they let him. 
That's right. I forgot about that. That's the major off-season medical news, right? That's that's right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's no other. Well, the, the two. Well, they already had their surgeries. The two inside linebackers and Quan Alexander's a free agent anyway. Any off-season Steeler surgeries to follow? Yeah, the Danny Smith one. I guess that'll be once we get in, in the building again in uh, in April or so. We'll see if uh, he, how he's getting around. That, that might be the, the biggest news. You're right. If Arthur Smith were to talk to the media, do you think he'd be asked about any specific player besides Kenny Pickett? Because if he was in the Steelers.com interview, it didn't make the final cut. <laughs> yeah, that was very astute by you and on the Breakfast of Ben's column there, Tim. You pointed that out. I, I didn't, you know, it did something that was obvious. I, I didn't really pick up on it. Yeah, I don't know if that's a. Uh, and I loved all the response I got from like the diehard, terrible towel waving Yinzers who want no criticism of the team whatsoever at any time. <laughs> like, I point out that he wasn't asked about Mason Rudolph, and they get mad at me for saying, well, you know, he wasn't asked about Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I, that's, that's sort of the point of the column. Like, even if he wasn't asked, and something tells me, like, I'm willing to bet that Missy did ask at least one question where the words Mason and Rudolph were in there, and it just didn't get online. Or if there yeah. was, like, a prearrangement that she didn't, then that's just as bad. But, like, you know, it's entirely possible. I'm pretty sure that Arthur Smith is a savvy enough guy that like, knows about the NFL enough to realize that for the time being, until the middle of March, Mason Rudolph is still on this roster, and he can mention his name if he wanted to. But, my God, that was nothing but a love letter to Kenny, and, and it just completely undercut any topic of conversation that there's an open competition for this starting QB job. Like, how could you even sell that to Rudolph at this point? I guess this is – I'm at the point where I'm starting to actually believe they're putting their – if this isn't like a smoke screen or something that that the entire they're putting all their chips in saying that Matt Canada organizationally was the problem with with Kenny Pickett uh, and that's the only thing really you can left to hang on if you're a Kenny Pickett uh, uh, defender to think he's still going to be a franchise quarterback is that because again I, that's what they say his best game of the season arguably was the Cincinnati game the game after Canada got fired then he got hurt in the next game and didn't play again the rest of the season so if that's the shred of, of evidence that you have. And I, I guess I can't refute that, I, I, you know, because you could say that he didn't play any games without Canada. He played one game without Canada and he had maybe his best game. I'll still, uh, I will counter that by saying his best game was 16 points. Um, if, if that's what you're going to say is look how good Kenny Pickett was without Matt Canada and the offense scored 16 points. I think that's kind of damning your own argument, but that's a whole nother here nor there. Faint praise indeed. Yeah. Um, Cam Hayward came out today and blasted anyone, I guess, like us right now, perhaps for <laughs> blasting the hiring of Arthur Smith. And honestly, I don't, I don't really blast it. I see the concept behind it. I get the premise behind it. Uh, try to turn Pickett into Tannehill, try to turn Pickens into AJ Brown. The combo of Warren and Harris is going to be close, a reasonable facsimile anyway to Derrick Henry. Uh, try to get the Frisker Janu Smith into one guy, and that's Fryermuth. Like, I I get all that. I don't know if it can happen, and I'm not just going to erase the three years that he had in Atlanta as their play caller with largely potentially better weapons uh, in total at his disposal. Like, I'm not going to blow that off and just focus on the two good years that he had as coordinator in Tennessee as everybody in Pittsburgh seems to want to. I don't think it's a terrible hire, I'm just not blown away with it. Uh, I'm a little skeptical of it. And Hayward was more or less blasting anybody 
who didn't throw a parade for it. And I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah, you know, people, listen, he was a head coach in theory, right? And theoretically, that should be a, a good thing that, that you got a guy who was a head coach thought of highly enough in the, across the league that he was hired. Now, three years ago, he was thought so highly as an offensive coordinator at this point, three years and one month ago, whatever you say, that he was a hothead coaching candidate who had – at least at the time, I don't remember the specifics, but he had you know choices. He got interviewed multiple places to be a head coach because of the work he had done as an offensive coordinator. Now, you're right. I'm not going to look at the Atlanta resume and sit here and be blown away by it. I, I, I don't have a problem with the hire. I don't think it was a you know bad hire. Like I said, they they went outside the organization, which everybody I certainly wanted to see that. I think most people wanted to see that. You got a guy, and and it's I've I've seen him sort of described as like recycled and things. I mean, he's 41 years old. I, if 41 years old now is too old and I get compared to Zach Robinson compared to some of the other candidates and maybe that's where we're at in the league now. I think everybody wants to have Sean McVay or Sean McVay disciple just have a have a 35 year old who never played in the NFL and just sort of you know whatever played and is this whiz kid and and did all that and I, and I get that because it's worked other places and there is some sort of excitement to that like kind of what Pitt's doing right I, I, I think I made this comparison last week uh, at Pitt they're, they're kind of doing one of the the young kid route sort of uh, spread sort of different and and there is there's a level it might not work it might crash and burn but there's a level of at least excitement and intrigue to that and, and i see that the unknown it, we, we can't pick apart zach robin just throwing that name out again resume because he hasn't, he hasn't been a coordinator hasn't been a play caller right so now we have criticism we have some ability to look at what arthur smith has done the last three years and, and pick it apart and have some negative sorts so i you know i I don't, you know, I don't think it wasn't like they were cheap, right? They went out and got a former head coach. I, I don't see any, I, I, I see why it's not um, real inspiring, but at the same time, I, I don't think it was a bad hire by any stretch of the imagination. Well, one thing Cam did get totally wrong was when he said, it's not like the front office didn't do their homework on this guy. Well, no one is suggesting that the front office didn't. What people who are suggesting that, the Steelers may have erred in this hire. What they're suggesting is they didn't do homework on anybody else. Like, it certainly yeah, felt yeah. as if Thomas Brown or Gerard Johnson were interviews for emergency backup fallback positions or potential assistants or, you know, interviewing them yeah. for down the road like they do so many draft candidates for their second contract. You know, stuff like that. That's yeah. where I got the impression they were talking to those guys. It just felt like it was Arthur Smith one and done to me. I, I think they had plenty of homework on him. I just wish they had done more homework on other people. Yeah, that was really the disappointing part because I, I really liked that Mike Tomlin said that, that he you know went out of his way to, to say that and unsolicited that they wanted to get fresh ideas and talk to people and kind of pick their brains. And I thought they were going to have this long, extensive list of people to talk to. And, and even if you, the people you don't hire, maybe you think it's not, maybe this, that, you, it's a different idea to go with. And I don't want to say that it's almost like they went to chalk, right? I, I don't know if you're going to go outside the organization to, to hire the guy who was just the, recently a head coach. And, uh, you know, instead of doing something, you know, it's not really outside the box, I guess. May, I don't know if he was the favorite. At least he didn't have the, you know, the Pittsburgh tie or the former, oh. you know, something like that attached. I guess those guys would have been the favorites. Anybody like that, like a left or whoever. So in, in that sense, yeah, I, I was kind of, you know, I, I liked the fact that they were going to, maybe talk to, you know, eight, 10 guys and, and see what they can, can figure out and, and pick from a list there. So I don't know how much, yeah, to me, just from the outside looking at it, was it really that big of a 
fear, like, oh, okay, yeah, go interview with who was it, Tampa? Um, yeah, go interview with Tampa, see what, <laughs> you know, is it what that big of a, was it really going to thrust the franchise and they didn't get Arthur Smith because he really liked the bucket? He wanted to go to the Buccaneers instead of the Steelers. Have fun, go. <laughs> I'm going with Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Um, I feel like most people I'm talking to and seeing online are picking Kansas City, yet the Niners are still favored. I'm a little confused by this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Niners, if you take aside, and I know they obviously they lost other games too, but it, take aside that Baltimore game on, was it, was it Christmas night? Uh, New Year's night, whatever. That, that, hot, that late season game in Baltimore, they were completely outclassed by the Ravens. It's almost like a wire to wire thing, where I feel like they were the best team from week. Well, we know we know here in Pittsburgh, week one, what they did and how good they looked, and I feel like they were the best team all season long. But it's and if you talk to me a month ago or three weeks ago, even about the Chiefs, you'd say how vulnerable they look and and how much you know you, you wouldn't think that. So the fact that the Chiefs look like the Chiefs now, and the fact that. Pat, it's really hard to pick against, but what is he? He's lost to Tom Brady. That's it in his playoff career, right? It's to me, and, and I'm a Brock Purdy defender for the most part. So this isn't necessarily anti Brock Purdy when I say this, but I, I can't I look at the quarterback matchup and, you know, until Pat Mahomes loses a, a big game or a Super Bowl, a championship game, I, I can't pick against them. And especially the way they've been rolling here, seemingly these last three or four weeks. I just need the season to end so Peter King can stop predicting Russell Wilson to the Steelers. That's I just need the season <laughs> over so I don't hear that anymore. Well, didn't he predict uh, Cliff Kingsbury to the Steelers too? So Oh, yeah. So, well, he said he was going to talk to him, and that never yeah. happened. So, yeah, maybe yeah. I can use that as a default. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll see what else gets gets predicted. To the, nah, oh, I guess there'll be a lot predicted. There will be a lot predicted. Um, appreciate it, Buzz. We'll talk again next week. All right, enjoy the Super Bowl. All right, Tim, you too. Take care. Chris Adamski, watch uh, for all of his coverage on Trib Live during the offseason, covering the Steelers and all things Pittsburgh sports. You can check us out each and every day at Breakfast with Ben's on the podcast page, brought to us by Gerger Construction on the Fans First Network.